Fantastic. Good morning, church. Yeah, I'm so excited about uh, the conference coming up. Uh, it's going to be very amazing. You know, um, I'm having a few uh, special guests. Um, I can't tell you much about it at the moment, but you just try to <laughs> make yourself available. The registration link is on the video description if you are watching us live. Yeah, we are looking at uh, reinforcing your identity in Christ Jesus, strengthening your sense of identity in Christ Jesus. There's a lot to say about it, but just try to ensure that you register for the event and you are available. Amen. So today we want to continue on my teaching, uh, the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth. So last week, uh, we were looking at John chapter 16, verse 12 to 15. And uh, we, we stopped at, the, at verse 12, uh, helping you guys to understand the fact that um, the spirit of truth is a spirit who reveals spiritual truth about our identity in Christ to us. So basically, the spirit of truth reveals um, the truth of God to us, the truth of Christ to us. Amen. So today I want to continue from verse 13 about the spirit of um, truth. So let's turn our Bible to John chapter 16, verse 13 to 15. Uh, do you need help with that? I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, please bring it because I said I don't get distracted. That's fine. Fantastic. Just want to get something off here. Just want to get a projector ahead of me, in front of me off. Uh, so this is one of the reasons why I don't uh, do old school, you know. Okay, which one's one of them, sir? Is it gone off? No. All right. So, guys, yeah, I think there's a bit of a distraction here. Let's bear me one second while we get some stuff off. Okay, I think it was going off. Oh, good. Oh, man, old cook. You know. Please, let's try to ensure that we upgrade our life. Amen. Let's upgrade. You know, I got two new speakers, um, and I also got um, some uh, uh, micro, the wireless microphone. And I try to go, I try to get the latest technology. You know, you know, we should, we should upgrade. Look, at, it's taking me like uh, like fifteen minutes to turn off. And no disrespect to, <laughs> to to the facility, right? But. Life is life should not be that difficult. Amen. All right, let's carry on. So now I get. I think I have all the distractions out of my way. I do get distracted when things are moving behind the behind the scenes. Oh, I mean, uh, behind the scenes for me, around me, or when things are moving around. Yeah, it does distract me. So now we get all distractions off. So I want to encourage you as well to ensure that you take all distractions off as I want as I get into the word this morning. So uh, I ask us to turn our Bible to the book of John, chapter sixteen. And um, we read from verse 13 to 15. John 16, 13 to 15. Now, 13 reads, and this is from the New King James Version. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. Verse 14 says, he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has, all the all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine 
and declare it to you. Now, this is this three verses, 13 to 15 is something I, I can manage to teach in three hours. But let me see what I can do today to, uh, to smash this, to get one key through to, um, truth to you, that the spirit of truth guides you into all truth. And it does not glorify human beings. It does not glorify people. It glorifies Christ. Amen. So let's start with verse 13. It will guide you into all truth. I tried to establish last week that the Holy Spirit does not guide us into general truth. General truth are facts, information that anybody can easily access. Even unbelievers can access this information. That is why it is not correct, it is not right to think you go to church to get business ideas or you go to church to understand the principles of dating or you go to church to understand the principles of financial success. No, we don't come to church to, for these things. First, Corinthians, first Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 tells us that the church is the pillar and the, uh, is the ground and the pillar of truth. And what truth are we talking about? The truth of God, the truth about the gospel, the truth about your identity in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, please, let's bear in mind, the Holy Spirit guides us into spiritual truth. But one key thing I want to, a few key things I need to, I need to call out this morning. Now, the Holy Spirit does not do the work for us. He does not, kind of, I'm trying to put it, up, up, to put it this way. Okay, I think a better way to say it is to look at it from that word guide. Let's start with that word guide. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. So, who is a guide? Now, so a guide is a person who shows you the way to others. You know, it shows you the way. Um, a person who advise, uh, who, who advises people. So a guide is a person who shows you the way. You know, who kind of um, show you the direction you should go. A guide is a person who advises you on the right decision to take to make or the right step to take. You know, uh, so that is a guide. Now, a guide does not make the decision for you. That's what I was trying to explain earlier on. A guide does not do the work for you. A guide shows you the direction. But you have to then take the step. So the Bible tells us here that the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. It will show you where to get the truth, how to get the truth. When you ask questions... As you read your Bible, it's going to explain things to you, give you the correct, uh, the correct and accurate representation of what God sees about you. What I'm trying to do here is to, help, is to help a lot of Christians not to expect the Holy Spirit to do the work for them. You hear things like, Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, make me read my Bible. Holy Spirit, make me become gentle. Holy Spirit, make me a new person. Holy Spirit, make me to me, make me to be nice to my spouse. Holy Spirit, make no, it wouldn't it will not make you. Because most of the problems we have in those areas of marriage and parenting have to do with the uh, our understanding of how we should do things or how things should be done. And you need the correct information. Can I say something to you? The Holy Spirit can only work with what you have in you. Because Jesus said that it, it will take of mine and make it known to you. Right? It will remind you of all things. 
It will remind you of the things that I've told you. So, so no matter how much the Holy Spirit wants to, wants to help you know the truth, if you don't go get it, you can't understand his language. Now, one of the differences between enlightened Christians, educated Christians in spiritual things, and uneducated Christians in, in terms of spiritual things is that enlightened Christians have taken the knowledge, they've taken the, in the information, they've studied Right, and they are brooding on the on on the information or or the facts. Scripture. Uh, I don't want to use the word fact because that may sound too casual. They are brooding on the truth that they've seen in the Bible, and the Holy Spirit is explaining things to them. Say, so if the Holy Spirit is the one who will have to put the truth inside of your head, right? Every Christian will be a sound Christian. So it guides you into all truth, but you have to go seek the truth. It will tell you where to go to get the truth, provided you ask. So if you are not willing to go, if you are not willing to know the truth, it cannot guide you. If you, if you want this, a guide in a safari, so if you go to Kenya to look, like, so look at some sophisticated lion, please don't go to Nigeria's um, zoo because you may not find, especially in Podakot, because there's lions there. You know, I'm not trying to uh, trash um, uh Podakot in Nigeria, the south, 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 right? Uh, when I saw the lions, I felt pity for them because they were as skinny as anything I've ever seen in this world. Somebody said animal cruelty. Then go to Nigeria and rescue the lions then. Amen. So please don't go. They want to see nice, rich lions. I think, have you seen lions in the UK before? My wife is nodding here for me. Okay, well, I've not been to a safari in the UK where I see a lion, right? But I've seen lions in... We, we have, did we see? Oh, yeah, yeah, we went to... There's, there's, what's it called? Woburn. So we went to Woburn Safari and then we saw a lion and we asked not to come out of our cars, right? So when you take your, your kids to the safari and show how the doors are tightly locked. So what I'm trying to say is this. We go to a safari, no, not the kind of one we went to because we didn't have a guide, but it was science kind of that. But what I'm trying to say is this. If you don't go to a safari, right, you can't expect a guide to guide you to where the lions are. You got to be at the safari first. And then the guide or the tour guide, or if, you know, will then guide you to where the animals are, what animals you want to see. So whatever you want in your life, especially, okay, whatever you want in your life, if you don't go in the direction of that thing you want to get, you can't get a guide to guide you there, whether right things or wrong things. Mm, okay, I don't want to look at that wrong part of it because... That, that might take half an hour out of my time, this our time this morning, because I, I will need to do justice to that. But let's look at it this way. So any information, any truth, anything you want to get, if you don't set your path, set yourself on the journey of getting those things, you cannot get a guide. So making this specific to what we're talking about this morning, if you don't seek the truth, the Holy Spirit cannot guide you into the truth. It is standard practice. Like I, sh- like I shared with you earlier on that, if the Holy Spirit will have to put the truth in your brain, in your mind, in your spirit, right? Okay, uh, okay I'm getting to some other lines of theology. But if the Holy Spirit have to, will have to get the truth in you, then all believers will know the truth. Now, Jesus said in the book of John chapter 8, verse 32, he said, if you continue in my word, then ye are my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So if you don't go into the word of God, if you're going to go, if you don't go to the right sources, the spirit of truth will not be able to guide you, open your eyes, reveal the truth to you. So you have to seek the truth. 
you have to want to know the truth. If you want to grow spiritually, you have to go after the knowledge, the information, the fact you need to grow. You know, this morning when I woke up, uh, I was I was thinking about my network, the people around me, and um, I felt pity a little bit because I realized that by God's grace, based on the knowledge I've acquired and understanding I've acquired in certain areas, it seems like I've gone far ahead, and, and I can see us, you know, um, going much wider, farther apart because of the increased understanding I'm getting, the maturity how mature I am becoming and I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to stop developing myself, growing because I want to keep some relationships. Not that, I will not, not that I will cut them off, but just that we'll spend less time together because the, the things I focus on going forward are substantial, life-giving. They are heavy stuff and these guys will not be able to contribute to it in those areas. So it may seem like I'm not giving them my time enough Oh, I'm not giving them more of my time, but I cannot because I'm not giving myself to the things God is calling me to do. And I'm seeing things on a much higher, mature level. Amen. So, um, I don't know why, why that came to my heart, but I guess it's a, it's a word to bless someone there. If you think you're growing up spiritually, you're going to lose some people. You have two options. Is that you keep growing and fulfill your destiny or you, you, guess, or you stay there because you want to keep your company, you want to keep your friends and then don't grow at all. The choice is yours. But how would you feel when you realize that one of your friends, you know, wake up to their senses one day, take, take their life very seriously, and they start getting the information they need, the knowledge, the training they need, and they've moved on in life, and you are behind. How will you feel at that point in time? This is not to make you feel uncomfortable or make you feel, maybe to make you feel uncomfortable, but this is not to make you feel scared or make you feel competitive. But what I'm trying to say is that you don't hold your life back for other people. No, you're accountable and responsible for your life. And it's on you. It's your responsibility to ensure that you grow so that you can fulfill your destiny. Amen. So what I'm trying to say to us here is that the Holy Spirit is a guide to show you. If you're not willing to go, there's nothing you can do about it. The Holy Spirit does not force people. I hear things that the Holy Spirit will change him. If, that, if the person in question is not willing to change, or we not listen to the Holy Spirit, and we not do things differently, there's nothing the Holy Spirit can do because it does not force things on people. It does not force the truth on you. Many believers today do not, do not uh, are walking in deception lies, destructive lies and things because they don't want to embrace the truth. And there's nothing the Holy Ghost can do about it. And parents, you got to get this right too. Right? Once your children reach a age of accountability, right, you don't, don't pray the Holy Spirit to walk in them. you got to teach them the truth. It's the responsibility of parents to teach their children the truth. And don't, don't, don't pray things. You know, I know a lot of people pray for me, but I can tell you one truth. If I don't go after the truth, if I don't go after the right training, education that I need, no matter how long they pray for me, my life will not change. Their prayer you know, can make you know, me want to change, me want to go in the direction of learning the things I need to learn. But if I don't take that step, nothing's going to happen. Amen. So the Holy Spirit doesn't do the work for you. He is a guide. What did I say? The Holy Spirit is a guide. He will not input the truth in your head. He will not force it on your mind. He is a guide. If you are not willing to go, he cannot guide you. 
is always there for you, is always there by your side, but if you're not going to move, you're going nowhere. Right. So I've said here that uh, we have to make the effort to search for the truth in the right places from the correct sources. See, one of the amazing things about the Holy Spirit is this. It will guide you to where you can get the right information, the right, you know, the right information, the right truth. It will guide you into the right sources, provided you are willing to go. And I will also say that until you are willing to go, it cannot guide you, it cannot lead you. There must be a willingness, and you got to take the step, step. But one thing is this. Some believers know where to get the right truth. But the Bible says that in the last time, people will amass for themselves speakers, preachers, pastors who will tell them what they want to hear, the ungodly things they want to hear. So many believers will use their flesh and the lie of the enemy and go to the wrong sources to get truth, in quotes. In quote. But where they ought to go, they will not go. I'll give an example. As you get, if anybody has been working with me for the past five to ten years, you know that what I dispense is the truth. Not even, and I'll not only tell you the truth that uh, that I, that I like, my flesh likes. I tell you what the Word of God says, and I force myself to live by the Word of God. But sometimes in my life, back in the days, not now, I would want to. I I know the truth, but sometimes my mind will want to look for someone who wants to who should tell. Okay, want to look for someone who will tell me what I feel like hearing to justify my laziness or my unwillingness to walk. And when you find some friends, they can tell you, you know, life is hard, life is this, it's impossible, for do this, that. And they, all they would tell you about, now trying to make this more physical, more natural, that trying to make you um, feel like them, feel what they feel, right? They would discourage you from taking the step you ought to take. My wife and I were having a conversation a few days ago. Uh, I think it was on Friday, and I was talking about the fact that why uh, about the fact that we need okay, we just we just we are just encouraging ourselves, right? Why we will not listen to certain people on purpose? People are pro, who are complainers, you know, grumblers, and I, I was trying to emphasize the power in grumbling, negative, uh, negative um, comment, and how they can easily dis- uh, discourage you and how they can slow you down. Right? Now, but the thing is that some Christians will intentionally go and look for those people because they want to justify their reluctance to do what God has called them to do, their laziness and whatever. whatever. Because see, to change, to grow is not easy on the flesh. To change or to grow brings discomfort. Right. So people will not want to change. People will don't want to grow. And so they will look for people, surround themselves with people who will give them that sense of identification for comfort. Now life is not hard. Life is easy. But how far will that take you? You better face the hard way. You better go the hard way and enjoy your life. <laughs> Lord, I'm, I'm, <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> This is funny because my examples are coming to my mind and I feel in my heart I'm speaking to someone. I've made up my mind to follow the hard way and I've trained my brain and I'm still training my brain to go for the hard thing. This is a word for a particular person. So in case you're thinking what's pastor saying and the person know themselves and this is how I minister. Many of you you know that I minister by the word of knowledge. God has a word in his heart to, to someone and I have to deliver it. Amen. So 
I hope that blesses the person and they, they, they check their sources, they check their network and um, don't, <laughs> don't try to put yourself in a place of comfort because you don't want to stretch yourself and start giving yourself excuses and, and surround yourself with people who ex- give you excuses and reasons excuse me, for you not to move forward or for you to do something that's not correct. So I'm trying to say, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you, seek to go to, to the right places for truth. Right? Make it a point of duty. Take it upon yourself to go to the right sources for truth. Lies does not make anybody free. Lies puts people in bondage. Amen. Right, so, uh, so a few things that I think I need to call out as well. So, I said, the Holy Spirit guides us in much more deeper truth, spiritual truth. The truth about the wisdom of God. So, let's look at a few things, uh, a few spiritual truths. Now, the Bible says in the book of um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, that by grace are you saved through faith. Now, and it said it's not of your works, lest no one should boast. So, which means... It is not our human effort that brings us salvation or that secures our salvation. It's a spiritual truth. Many people think God will be happy with them or God will love them, provided they do some nice things. So people tend to have a performance-based relationship with God. They, they, want to, they want to work or put in effort to end God's blessings, end God's favor, end God's kindness. You know, they, they believe they need to labor for God to be happy with them. That's not true. The Bible, a spiritual truth is this. See, God's love for you is unconditional. Your actions will not make God to love you more or love you less. Because God loved you even before you were lovable. In the sense that you were still a sinner when God chose to love you and chose to die for you in the person of Jesus Christ. So just to pay the consequence, pay for the, uh, pay the price for your sin, so to say. Amen. So there are two things there. Um, something more natural to the mind that seems to, seems to make sense is that you walk, you you know, you work hard, you pay, you pay certain prices for God to be happy with you. And but the spiritual truth is that there's nothing you need to do to be saved, other than to believe in Christ Jesus whom God has sent. Amen. And um, on that spiritual truth is this, that a person is saved when they believe in their heart the Lord Jesus and confess with their mouth. They believe in their heart and they confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus. I come to Romans chapter 10, uh, 8 to 9. He said, if you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and confess him as your Lord and Savior, you will be saved. It doesn't make any sense. How do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the work he sent was Come, came into the world in human form, died for you, you know, uh, died, was raised from the dead, and you believing and identifying with what Jesus did, you know, makes you born again. It does not make any logical sense at all. And it will never make sense. But if, if you believe, you will see the result, the impact of it in your life. So Christianity does not make any sense to the common man. I repeat, Christianity does not make sense to the common man, to the natural man, and it should never make sense. When Christianity begins to make sense to the natural person, somebody who is spiritually dead, then we need to check the kind of gospel we are preaching. 
Because the Bible tells us that the natural man, the unsaved person, when I say man, I'm also referring to woman, a natural person, an ungodly person, cannot receive the things of God because they are foolishness unto him. They don't make any sense. It's not like I need to know them because it takes a spiritual discernment, spiritual understanding, spiritual conception to grasp those things. You know, when I go out to minister the gospel to people, I tell them, I say, you know what, it's not something you can grasp in your mind, but if you will believe, you will see the result of what I'm talking about. You can only experience God. You cannot, you cannot grasp God with your mind. Amen. So uh, let's turn our Bible to James chapter 13. Sorry, sorry. James chapter 3. James doesn't have 13, please. James chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. Okay. James 3. You, know, you all know where James is, right? Just after Revelation. <laughs> so it's after Hebrews. Hebrews, James. Praise God. Uh, one second, guys. Let me just quickly do this. Right. That's it. James 3.13. Now, this is the NIV. So, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Mm-mm. Can you see the truth there? Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Now let's pay attention, careful attention to verse 17. So, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. So that's the one from above. But the kind of wisdom that majority preaches today or say is wisdom, especially in the business world, even in, Christi- in Christianity, is one that is uh, motivated by envy and selfish ambition. And the Bible says that anything you do out of envy and selfish ambition is demonic, no matter how much profit you get out of it, no matter how much logical it is. If, if that action or that pursuit is motivated by envy and selfish ambition, it is demonic. But that does not make any sense to anyone because as long as they can get their way in whatever they do, they want to do, the thing is fine. Even when they do it in the name of the Lord. Some people, because I'm starting a church, we, st- you know, we are planting a church in, um, in Milton Keynes, Right, maybe out of envy or strife, they want to start their own church too. What does Tony mean? What does who do? Who does he think he is? That guy that can just brag and talk anyhow. Is he the only one? We are starting our church. See, any 
Uh, now, they may start a church and people may be saved, right? People may come to Christ, right? And the highest of majority of the people it might be like, wow, these guys are doing a great job. But that work, whatever they do, God will use whatever is available to reach his people. But that work, I don't, that, that in God's eyes to a very much extent, that work is going to be destroyed by fire when it's been tested. Because the motivation is demonic, it's evil. So you got to be careful when some things appear even in, under, the, under the name of Christianity. And that's why believers have to be discerning. Sometimes you see somebody doing a fantastic job, a great job, and something inside of you tells you that something is not right. And that's why you have to always go by the Holy Ghost because anybody can deceive you. Anybody, any, and people are here to deceive. Right? That's another conversation for another day. Right? So the Bible tells us here, and according to the book of James, according to the book of James 3, that anything that is motivated by envy, strive, you know, competition, evil competition, I'm not talking about sports competition, evil competition, you wanting to have you, wanting to get a fame, wanting to be popular, wanting to be known, wanting to get fame, to become a celebrity, you know, um, throwing other people down so that you can climb, you can climb up. All those things are demonic, right? And, um, understanding that that is demonic is, is spiritual because, it does not make any sense that you cheat someone that you, you know, you trust others under the boss and then you go what you want and even though you use it for the house of the Lord, it doesn't make sense that that's not spiritual. But, but the work of God is done. Yeah, the work of God may seem to be done in your own eyes, but the wisdom behind the motivation is demonic. Amen. So for, let me, on that point to call out here, it said, to be led into a truth is not only to have the notion of it in our hearts but to relish and savour and experience the power of it in our heart. Now, when the Holy Spirit guides us into truth, one thing he does is to ensure that we experience the power of that truth in our life. So he will teach us, he will guide us, he will use illustrations, provided you're on that journey with him. Because many people sometimes block the Holy Spirit from guiding them into a spiritual, into a depth of spiritual insight that can transform their life. You know, it started well, but along the line, at some point, you just feel, you know what? I'm big. I know this thing. I'm self-sufficient. I don't need the Holy Spirit anymore. And they begin to mess things up. So the Holy Spirit will not give up on you. As long as you want to walk with him, as long as you want to know the truth, he's going to guide you all the way through. Right? Holy Spirit is not revealing truth to you for you to have it in your head. Just to have a notion of it, you know, just to, you know, be able to pay mental accent to it. No, but it wants you to be able to relish it. I mean, to enjoy it, right? When I say relish, I mean enjoy, a great enjoyment. You know, you know, the truth. When you are guided into the truth, there's a peace you experience because truth brings peace. Deception and lies brings bondage, right? And the Spirit will work with you until such a time that you are able to appreciate and value that truth and hold on to it tightly. So many people may be able to quote the truth in their mind, but that does not mean it's real in their heart. So don't be moved by people who can quote a lot of scriptures. And don't be fooled thinking that those people know the word of God. The fact that somebody can quote scriptures or can quote the Bible from Genesis to Revelation does not mean that they have been guided into the truth. does not mean that they have been established in the reality, in the spiritual insight of that truth to produce the results that that truth ought to produce in their life. 
Jesus did not ask you to know a person by how much they can quote scriptures. He said, but by their fruit, the result, the consistency of the consistency of the integrity of their actions with the word of God, in line with the word of God. So if you don't know the truth to some extent, if you don't know the word, the word of God, you cannot find or spot a person walking or living a life of truth. So which means your Christian life cannot be hanged on somebody else. You got to take ownership of your Christian life. Amen. So bear that in mind. If you want to go with the Holy Ghost, to understand the truth, to know the truth, spiritual truth, just about your salvation, about your identity in Christ Jesus, what God has done for you in Christ Jesus, you know, the blessings of God in your life, the power and the authority that you have in Christ Jesus, you have to stay on court with him and stay with him. He's going to guide you. Keep reading the Bible. Keep studying the Bible. Go to the right sources. Don't go to the wrong sources. Amen? Praise God. Finally, now Jesus said there, he said in verse... Uh, 14. He said, He will glorify me. So John 16, 14. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare to you. Now, Jesus said, He will glorify. Now, glorify means to value, to place a, to place high, to place a high, um, sorry, to place high value on something, to respect, to prize something. Now, there's a common practice, a celebrity practice, among Christians today, whereby they want to be the style of the show. Spiritually, in a Christendom, in a Christendom, by right, the Holy Spirit, the Father, Christ Jesus should be the central focus of everything we do. If you look at the life of the apostles, everything they did was focused on Christ. Uh, Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. And this is in the book of Acts chapter 3, when he was approaching the gate called Beautiful and, uh, and, and found a man that was lame. Is a silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And you know, and people, and, and the man was, the, the lame man was healed, right? And all, all of a sudden, a lot of people gathered themselves around Peter. And um, Peter, let's go there. I'm thinking about time, but I think it's a good scripture to read for you guys to understand what I'm talking about. Let's go to Acts chapter 3. So verse 6 says, Acts 3, 6, verse 6 says, Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Now verse 7 says, Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Now verse 12, When Peter saw, now let me read from verse 11 now, verse 11. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? Let me pause there. Now, what you will normally see in the world today, in many, among many Christian circles, in many Christian circles, is that the glory, the respect, the value goes to the man of God, the person who healed someone. Now, it should irritate you when a man stands and said, you know, I have healed many thousand sick people because of my holiness or because of my prayer. Now, prayer helps us to be in line and in tune with the Father. 
you know, to, to make the power of God more real to us. But we don't have any power in ourselves as human beings to make anything happen. When we heal the sick, when we raise the dead, it's by the power of God working inside of us that we enforce the authority of God and make things happen. So when the Holy Ghost is out of us, or it, what I'm trying to say is this, if we don't have the Holy Spirit, if we don't have the power of Christ inside of us, we cannot make anything happen. And that is why no man should take credit or draw attention to himself or to his ministry for whatever great works that's done through his ministry. And I know there's more that if you have questions, you can, you can ping me and we can, I can explain further to you. Now, but listen to what, uh, I'll take that verse again, verse 12. When Peter saw this, that people were astonished and were looking at them, he said, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we, may, we admit this man walk? Listen carefully. He said, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified, what did he do? Has glorified his servant. Has honored his servant. And who is that servant? Jesus. You handed him over to, the, to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate. Though he had decided to let him go, uh, let me go to verse 16. said, By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. By who? By faith in Christ Jesus. Not by their own godliness. It say, not by their own power. Do you, verse, let's go back to verse 12. It says, why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Peter had no, uh, Peter had no power on his own, and uh, you know, uh, himself and John had no power on his own to make in Christ Jesus. So when you pray, when you fast, when you study the word of God, it is to help you quicken your faith, strengthen you, make the life of God inside of you in Christ Jesus be more real so that you can enforce the authority of Christ Jesus. It is not your prayer that heals, not your prayer that heals the, heals the sick. I said that to well, I'm, I'm hoping I'm able to clarify that because I know I'm opening up a lot of questions to people's uh, mind and people are thinking, so why do we pray? I'll cover that in future. But let's... Go back to those verses of the Bible and read it carefully and meditate on it. Right? What I'm trying to say here is this. These guys, they pray. You know, they are prayers. They are prayer, prayer words in a sense. I mean, these guys prayed. But they're saying that it is faith in Christ Jesus that this person was healed. They said God has glorified his servant, Jesus Christ. Right? So, this is a good example of how believers should conduct themselves when it comes to you know, healing the sick, raising the dead, or doing great works. People should not be drawing attention to themselves. So how does this have to do with the Holy Ghost? The Holy Spirit will not glorify human beings to say, now that guy has a supernatural anointing for to, to do this or to do that. Go to him. No, he will lead you to Christ. What if there's no supernatural man, in quotes, in your locality? Does that mean you will not be healed? Does that mean that you will not receive the blessings of God? No, right? So the Holy Spirit will glorify, we esteem Christ Jesus. So if you find believers around you or Christians around you who glorify themselves, they should not be your best friend because that attitude is infectious. Amen. So also all the supernatural experiences of the believers should be credited to Christ's account and not to people as a doer of those things. 
Every supernatural thing in your life should be credited to Christ's account. Excuse me, all the gifts and graces of the Spirit, all the inspired preaching of the Holy Ghost, the tongues, miracles, all should be credited to Christ's account. God glorifies Christ, not people. Because without Christ, we are nothing. Amen. Um, finally, finally, finally. So Jesus said he will take up what's mine and make, and uh, this is John chapter 16, verse 15. He said he would, he would take up what of mine and declare it to you. So the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to announce to us in detail what Jesus has done for us. Right? It's to announce in detail what Jesus has done for us, to explain to us in detail, provided that you, provided that you remain on track to listen, to pay attention, to know the truth. John 15, verse 26. When the advocate, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, it will testify about me. It will speak about me. Right? It will speak about me. So the Holy Spirit is always speaking about Christ in people. In any ministry, it will be focused on Christ. It will guide you to ministries where Christ is glorified. So be careful. Be careful that you don't become an idol worshiper. Worshipping a man or a woman of God. The one that bothers me is when I see some kind of heavenly-like royal cheer in churches. Most of them, when I see, when I see those pictures, I knew that those kind of ministries are focused on glorifying the man of God, the prophet, the archbishop. You know, in churches where I know people, where Christ's, are not, I don't know why I'm going this direction, but I'm wrapping up. You know, sometimes it feels like I just have a dig at church, but I'm a pastor too, but I don't know. I don't know why I just led in this direction. I just got to do my job. I do what I'm asked to do. So when you, what, so when you meet someone in the ministry um, from any Christian circle, what they say the most is, ah, my bishop, ah, my papa, ah, my bishop, ah, my papa, ah, the woman of God, ah, the prophetess. Christ is not the focus. So when you hear so much of that, you want to step back. You want to be careful. If you hang, if you hang around them too long, too much, you've, you find yourself that you are being tempted to honor people and not Christ. And you begin to glorify people and it's idol worshiping. And what happens is that you, you subject yourself to death. Then you start getting discontented with your church. Where your man of God is not popular, he's not shouting his name, blowing his own trumpet. Human, a Christian should not be blowing their trumpet, but blowing the trumpet of Christ. Because Jesus said in verse 27 of John chapter 15, that we must testify of him, not of ourselves. Amen. I hope that blesses you guys. Any question, reach out to me. I'm happy to help out here. What have we talked about today? The Holy Spirit is a guide. He guides you into all truth. He shows you, but you have to take it upon yourself to want to know the truth and go in the right sources. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. It takes what is Jesus and makes it known to you. 
It does not testify about people. It does not glorify people. It does not esteem people. It esteems Christ. Why? Because we are not Christ. Without Christ, we are nothing. Guys, remember to connect with us on Wednesday for Transformers Connect. Look at our podcast on on Thursday. The last podcast we did, You Are Not Your Color, I learned that YouTube had censored it. So you may not be able to, uh, to find it on YouTube where you find it on social media. I understand that the, the algorithm tried to, you know, no, no, no one to, you know, spread the message of hate. But that message was not the message of hate. The message was, you are not your color because we don't want you to see yourself as inferior to other races. So I'm going to, I'm going to dispute that and get you to, to bring it back online. If it doesn't, it shows you that we are in a battle to get the truth into the heart of people. And the devil is going to use the media and, and anything possible to stop us. But we are not stopping. So as a foot soldier of Christ, you're going to join us in this journey to ensure that we get the truth in the heart of people, even though, even if the media try to stop us. God bless you guys. Keep us in prayer as we prepare for the conference and also as we're trying to wrap up our test in this facility before we open our doors to you guys. Love you guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. God bless you.